0: What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. It is Wednesday night, May 29th. John LaRocca is on the line. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about, mostly, again, concerning wrestling, though I will talk a little bit about boxing at the beginning of the show because we're going to have a second show this week with Dewan to talk about the Anthony Joshua fight and also to preview, um, I'm sorry, review the new documentary that is about to come out uh, next week called I Am Duran. John, what's going on? Not much, man. Doing good. How are you? Good. So quickly, uh, just to just to kind of talk a little bit more about that show with Dewan, Um Doohan hipped me to Anthony Joshua very early in the game. He was like, this guy is the goods. He's going to be a huge star. He's going to be heavyweight champion of the world. All of those things came true because Duan is a genius, and he wants to talk about the Joshua fight, uh, which is happening. His first U.S. fight in Madison Square Garden on a Saturday night. So I think um, I think we're gonna try and watch that together. Uh, may, I may hit up uh, Danny Acosta as well. He had talked about wanting to to watch it. So see if we can get we can all get together and watch that fight. Um, do you have any? do you have any thoughts on sort of the idea of, you know, DAZN and watching the Joshua fight? Like this is, this is his, like, you know, he's had fights on DAZN before, but this is really his big first, you know, major U.S. fight. It's kind of like a a groundbreaking fight for him.
1: Um, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm getting back in the swing of things when it comes to boxing. So I'm just looking forward to catching a heavyweight championship fight and, and you know, I saw a glimpse of the DAZN app with the Bellator stuff, and looks really good, really clean and crisp. So, I uh, expect the same thing. We watch the fight on Saturday, and all should work out. I should arrive to the Fight King Studios around uh, around right when the main event starts. So,
0: looking forward to it. So, like I said, I'll talk about this uh, on the on the show on Friday, but. Duane and I and a couple of other guys uh, who talk boxing, um, we got the opportunity to screen the new I am Duran uh, documentary that comes out next week and it is really good. If you are a fan of the era, especially you know Duane and I, we did the whole podcast on the Fabulous Four. That is uh, that is a great documentary to watch. We'll break it down on Friday, but just for folks who, you know, may be wondering, um, you know, a little bit about it, it's it's like, there, there's so many good things right now on TV that I'm finding it hard to, to watch everything. Last week, I mentioned the Ali documentary, What's My Name, and that's awesome, and then... This documentary was awesome. Like so many really good celebrities who who participated, Sylvester Stallone, Sugar Ray Leonard, Mike Tyson, Marvin Hagler, um, and yeah, so it's it's really good. We'll break it down Friday, but uh, but if you hear anything about this and you are kind of wondering, should I watch this? I would definitely say watch it. Really where's good the, story. Where is it going to be premiering at? So what I don't station? I don't think they actually did a theatrical premiere, and I think it's just going to digital download. Actually, mm. um, I'll have more information on Friday, but I think that's the plan. Like I, I this is something I would have totally watched in a the theater. It's that good, but uh, I don't I don't know if there. I'll try to find more information before the show so that we can we can break it down a little bit more. But yeah, so just a heads up on that. Uh, for for folks who are kind of, you know, I, I haven't seen a ton of promotion on it outside of, uh, you know, us talking, uh, you know, us getting emails and stuff about it, but for 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 what I expected versus what I got, I was like, wow, this thing is really, really good. Um, okay, so as most folks who listen to this show on the regular know, I was at the AEW Double or Nothing show on... Saturday and I was in Vegas all weekend. So Starcast is out there. Uh, Big Dave and Brian Alvarez are doing their Wrestling Observer Q and A. We did a podcast on Saturday that was uh, that was almost like all women essentially. Brian and Dave and I were on the show as well, but we we wanted to get the uh, female perspective on the wrestling business uh, today. You know, there was the, the AEW show was a big hit for for the the women who were who were uh, on the show. So, lots of stuff going on, and it was kind of a whirlwind of a weekend. But I, I wanted to go through some of the cool stuff that we did uh, that, that I did see. You know, a little bit of a little bit of insight to to the folks who kind of wonder, you know, what it's like to be running around uh, Las Vegas with Brian and Dave. And and stop me for anything. Like, if you have any questions about any of the stuff that I'm gonna quickly bring up before we talk about uh John Moxley and the AEW show. Um so Bill apter was like just hanging out and he did he had a show in the same uh in the same hotel that that Brian and Dave had their wrestling observer QA. And so he was just kind of hanging around and I thought I was like, oh well maybe he's gonna be on their QA but he was doing a different show. And so I get in the elevator, I'm chasing down Dave, it's almost go time and uh, he sees my shirt. And I'm wearing a superstar Billy Graham shirt, uh, WWE. Yeah, they had they had like some um, old school line or whatever. So I bought that shirt. And then Bill after just starts cutting superstar Billy Graham promos on me. <laughs> he's just he's in the elevator and he's just cutting promos. And so then, um, you know, like when I introduce myself to a lot of people, obviously they have no idea who I am. But then I'll just mention, like, oh, yeah, you know, you may, you know, if you listen to Dave, you may have heard me. And then they kind of like, they kind of look and they go, hmm. And they almost like, almost like they're kind, they kind of recognize me. So that's, that's kind of what I, what I did with Bill. But then he came around like a couple of different times because we were all in the same hotel. And every time he would come and he would tell a story about, you know, how he knew uh, Big Dave when uh, you know when when Big Dave had long hair and and you know Dave's son was there as well, so you know he was telling Cody Dave's son stories about you know when your dad uh-huh. I knew you before your dad even knew you and he's you know doing that stuff and just a just a really nice guy you know just. V- very easy to walk up to and say hi and he was joining in our conversations just you know because he wanted to hang out and talk so that was pretty cool i'd never i don't think i'd ever met bill before um but uh, but yeah you know sort of a legendary figure in in the business i don't think i told you this story i was kind of, I, I told a couple people but i was saving it for uh for the show um so we're waiting outside the hotel, and we're, we're uh, waiting to get picked up, because uh, I think it was right before we're going to Double or Nothing. And all of a sudden, the StarCast, like, van or or whatever pulls up, and Dave's like, oh, that's for us. I was like, no, that's not for us. That's to go to StarCast. Like, we're going to Double or Nothing. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's not that's not for us. <laughs> and, so, um, and so who walks out? But Stevie Ray, and I don't know if you remember this, but Big Dave made a comment uh, when it came to the WWE Hall of Fame, and he was like, "Look, you know Stevie Ray, as a WWE Hall of Famer, fine, but if this Hall of Fame was serious, like he's not really a Hall of Famer." And oh so, yeah, I remember, I remember that. <laughs> and so and it's, a tr-
1: it's a true statement.
0: It's true. It's true. I mean, and if Stevie Ray was being honest and treated that thing like it was sort of real and it had real basis and stuff like he would probably agree and he's you know but uh so he gets out and stevie ray is a big big dude and you know i don't know exactly how people are around these situations but dave always tells me like no there's never any problems you know that you know people are very nice but the way he got out i was like oh no so i kind of like moseyed my way over there not to do anything i was just you know just to sort of Make, you know, just make sure that that I was there. And he comes out and he goes, he looks at Dave. Dave looks at him and, you know, Dave smiles and waves. And Stevie Ray goes, you're the guy who said I didn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And Dave starts laughing and, you know, they shake hands. And Stevie Ray does this, like, thing where I'm pretty sure he's, like, maybe... 50% 50% joking, but there's a sense of like a little bit of like a edge to him. But then I watched this poor guy walk and oh my God, this poor guy, like he could, like he's, you know, you see Booker T and you're like, oh wow, Booker T's in pretty good shape. But Stevie Ray, was like, he, he was hobbling a bit. I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I, I'm not too worried now because, you know, it's not like he was a house of fire coming off of this, uh, coming off of this limo. <laughs> and then... Who then comes out next to him, the cat, Ernest Miller. Oh man. And I see the cat, and I'm like, wow, the cat really hasn't aged at all. And he's the nicest guy. Like he comes out, he's just talking to everyone. He's cracking jokes. He's, you know, he's talking about, he's talking to Dave. And then out behind Ernest Miller, Sonny Ono. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a cavalry of 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 pro wrestlers and uh, you know WCW circa nineteen ninety-eight or whatever. It was awesome. And so 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 Sonny Ono gets off the bus and uh, Ernest Miller looks at Big Dave and he's like, You know who that is, right? And Big Dave's like, Of course! Talk to him all the time And so then Sonny Ono was like, um he was saying that I guess I guess he's uh, pretty good friends with Bischoff, Soniono is and uh, suddenly when I was like, yeah, you know, you know, Eric, you know, Dave, Dave brings up Eric and me on, on the show a lot. So I hear about that a lot, but the, the, he was very friendly too, uh, and just totally nice guy. So, you know, that was, that was sort of my, my run in with, uh, you know, with WCW 1998, which was actually pretty funny. And then, you know, and then we, we, we went our separate ways, but I was like, man, like, you know, you look at these guys and, and so this is the comparison that I think I even told you which is you go in the back and, you know, it's a StarCast and, you know, I have like a media credential and I'm actually probably not supposed to be where I'm at, but, you know, Dave, Dave just goes in and gets acquainted. So like, all right, I'm following him. I'm with him, you know, and plus Dave is talent. He is, he is part of that whole thing. And so I just go in with him and, you know, everybody from today's wrestling, like they are my height and my size. And everyone from yesterday's wrestling is 6'4, gigantic. It's like yep. so crazy. Because I mean, look at Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray still a big dude. And even Ernest Miller, like Ernest Miller, he didn't really seem to be that big on WCW TV. But you look at him, and he's like, Ernest Miller's just as big or bigger than, you know, Joy Janella and Flying Fly Brian and all these guys that I, you know, that, that I see. And it was, uh, it was it was it was kind of crazy. Ted DiBiase in the back, and you know he's he's older too, so he's 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 hobbling a little bit, but he's not in too bad of shape. Um, and just seeing all these guys, and and it's it's just crazy how different wrestling is today. Because I because you know, then X Pac comes, and the thing that you know we talked about X Pac's match against Scott Hall last week. I was trying to find a way to bring that into the conversation, and I just couldn't figure out the way. But you know pa- X Pac. He's just the same size as, like, Janella and Flying and Brian. And, you know, Flying Brian's a little bit more muscular, but I'm just like, this guy was, like, the tiniest guy back when we were little kids watching this stuff or back when we were teenagers watching this stuff. And it's just amazing to see the size of, of the wrestler today versus uh, the size of, you know, yesteryear, all the guys we grew up watching.
1: Yeah, you know, back then it was all about the big guys and the smaller guys didn't get really a chance. And There's a lot of talented young... Or smaller guys that didn't get that opportunity just because there was it was always about the heavyweights and and definitely a different era. But then you know those big guys, a lot of them could could go and and beef quick and fast and do some you know high spots. High spots are a little different than nowadays. High spot now is something <laughs> dangerous and scary where you know the guys would move quick and you know off the ropes, you know big arm drag or something like that, and yeah. then, you know, big backdrop or something, but. Yeah, you know, things changing and uh and that's what I'm saying. I talk about this all the time. Like I miss the big guys, you know. Yeah. I miss but I miss like the monsters, you know. Now we got Lars Sullivan now and stuff, but like but you know the, But the,
0: but then they're they but then they're all doing like uh cannonballs and like yep. splashes off the top rope. <laughs> I know, you know. They all want to do moonsaults, they all wanna do
1: Draki's top rope or something. You know, they all want to show off show off their athletic ability, but no one comes off like a monster anymore. And uh but yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I was kind of hoping, though, there was some confrontation between Stevie Ray and Dave. <laughs> oh, man, I would have been right yeah. in between that. Just, just for you to step in and, you know, big old Stevie Ray, you know, you know, like a lot of people gave him flack, you know, like Stevie Ray, he when I first saw it, the Ebony Experience, right, back in global days, uh, before they were Harlem Heat, like Stevie Ray st- stood out for me because he's so massive. He's such mm-hmm. a wide guy. And then, you know, with Harlem Heat, you know, they continued on. Like you, you start noticing that like, your know, Booker T was shining more, right? He's more athletic and a little more charisma. But Stevie Ray right, always had the presence, and it's it's such a big guy. I'm not shocked that he's, you know, not doing well walking around and having a little hobble because you know it's a big man, big frame. Oh yeah. He Would jump up, do that big kick, you know. So, I'm sure that has a lot of wear and tear on her knees. And when you talk about guys hobbling in the backs, seeing them, their aches and pains, like just makes me worry about our guys today, you yeah, know. Yep. So, like, what's their bodies and feel like? Because they're doing bigger moves and major risks. Yeah. And yep. these that that guys did. So,
0: yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, the other conversation that I had was with none other. Then Rob Van Dam. So Van Dam, uh, you know, we're all just sort of in the back. Dave's about to go to do the the Brian Pillman panel, and uh, Rob Van Dam just starts, you know, saying, "Oh, Dave, you know, when's the last time that I saw you? I think I saw you on the uh, Dark Side of the Ring because Dave was on um it's on the I think he was on the Brody one, and uh, I don't I don't think he was on the Von Erichs one. But anyways, Dave was like. Um he was like, Yeah, you know, he, so they started talking, and Rob was just talking about how sad it was, you know, to watch and go through the, you know, watching Kevin Von Erick deal with all the stuff with his family, and and he said, you know, Rob said he didn't really know the whole story. And um and so, you know, he was he was just like just so like emotionally tied and emotionally vested. And so then we started talking about his, uh, you know, his his guys that that are have passed away, like his brotherhood, you know, his brothers, and um, and so he was just talking about like you know yeah you know it, it makes me sad because it makes me think of all the guys that you know that I have lost as friends and just be, you know in the business and stuff. So I like I never thought at Starcast like a conversation that I would have would be with RVD on you know, the, the, the wrestling business and, and, and how, you know, the, the, uh, the guys die young. So that was really interesting. Cause like you think of RVD, you don't necessarily think of uh, having that kind of conversation with him, right? You think of, Oh, he's just this fun guy. And, you know, people probably like, Oh, I want to smoke weed with RVD and all that stuff. But I was like, man, this guy, you know, he's, he has some depth to him and I, and I really liked that conversation. You know, I, I I'm nobody to, to him, but you know, we start talking about it just like, yeah, you know, it sucks. You just gotta, you know, you gotta make sure that, that you, you, uh, you make sure you spend time with the people that you love because you never know. And, you know, and we're just talking about that stuff. Um, uh, but really, really cool guy. Um, and the other thing that was kind of funny was, um, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're just, we're eating like we need to like day. The whole week was just us not being able to grab food because we're running around. So we go in the back and there's food, they have food there. So we're just scarfing down because we have ten minutes to eat, and then Dave's got to go on stage. And you know, it's 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 good food. It's it's uh, chicken and 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 steak and stuff. And you know, Conrad did a really good job. And then uh, right to my right is Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express. They each have like six or seven desserts on their plate, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, man, you guys absolutely don't care. It doesn't even matter. And and look, why should they? They they get you know they they can uh, still wrestle in, in the business. You know they they don't need to look like young svelte guys anymore, and, and they're fine. So, but I just thought that was funny because I'm just like, man, these guys are just going to town on these desserts. <laughs> Never the first the one time I could see Ricky and Robert and they're and dessert man.
1: Oh I mean, yeah, makes sense. You know when you get older that that sweet taste buds is mm-hmm. what really stands out more. So <laughs> oh man, well you know Robert Gibson probably
0: needs to maybe drop a few so he can get to throw that drop picky and yeah it's really bad knee. <laughs> <me. laughs> um so uh, I did run into Danny Acosta a couple times uh, that weekend. One time was after. Uh, after Double or Nothing. So we're at the MGM and I'm kind of running through and we're, we're like headed, headed back. And he's at a table with a bunch of other journalists. And so I don't really know who they are uh, or anything. I just know that they're kind of his crew and, and his people. And one of the guys is a guy by the name of Andreas Hale. And Andreas uh, works for um, uh, Sporting News and I think he's a writer for Sporting News. And anyways, they did a panel at StarCast on, uh, you know, just on like culture and diversity and minority representation and stuff like that. I didn't get to see it. I think it was actually before I even got there. But um, he does this interview backstage with Cody, Cody Rhodes, and uh, and it gets, uh, he, he tweets out the video. And the video is basically about Cody Rhodes saying that When he uh, he had a conversation with Brandy and obviously Brandy is African American, Cody is Caucasian and he was basically saying to her that he doesn't see race like he doesn't see color and she basically told him well if you don't see color then you have no idea about my experience and so he said you know that was kind of like a shocking moment to him where he's like oh you know and so who tweets who catches this tweet and retweets it But none other than the AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and her 4 million followers. Uh So she retweets the video and is basically, you know, talking about, you know, why this is important. And so this thing just starts picking up crazy steam. I see it, like, right away, and I retweet it, and we're in the back. Uh, Dave's getting interviewed by the AEW guys who are trying to put together, like, some origin story documentary. And so we're waiting, waiting, waiting. And I'm like, huh, I just seen Cody uh, talking about how good the show was the double or nothing show. And so, you know, we were just, he, he, and I were just talking about like, he was actually talking to Dave and he, I was just there. So I kind of joined the conversation, but I was basically saying how, you know, there, there's like a, a saying uh, in tech, which is like, you sort of have to treat every day, in the company as like day one, like that's how you have to look at it. And he was like, yeah, yeah. You know that, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, and so then I, I figured I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's seen this, that, uh, that the AOC retweeted him. So finally we're done with the interview with Dave's interviews and we go to the back and I'm like looking for Cody and he's not there, but Brandy's right there. And so I told Brandy, I go, Hey, did you see this video? And she's like, no, I haven't seen anything. So I show her the video I don't think she fully understood, like, the gravity of AOC and her Twitter following and how, like, you know, really important she is in social media. She's a New York congresswoman, you know, only 28 years old, just really, like, taking uh, a lot of things by storm. And she's like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. So then she and I started to talk about the conversation that she had with Cody. And I, I was saying how, you know, one of the reasons why discussing race is so hard is because you cannot have true empathy when it comes to race. Like, you know, if, if, if I lose uh, someone close to me, you can have empathy for me because you've also lost someone close to you before. So you understand how that feels. And so you can have empathy for me and go, you know what, I've been in your shoes. But if Brandy deals with some racism... And I deal with some racism. I don't have true empathy for her because I don't. I can't see it through her lens. I'm not African American, so I was telling her, you know, this is this is why the discussion is so hard. Is because people don't have empathy and they don't understand. And how can they? And so sometimes they just take it the other way and just say, oh, there's no such thing as racism. What are you talking about? And so we had this really like it was like a really cool short conversation about race and and about stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, she got covered in on uh, ESPN's culture site talking about why it's very important for her to be, you know, the first African-American woman executive in, in pro wrestling. Because you know she she it, it just it just means a lot to her to to be first for both a gender and a race. So I thought that was really interesting. And uh, you know she's very bright. You know I know she's going to get a lot of crap for uh, for her role just because that's how it is. And uh, you know that people are going to want to poke holes in a lot of the things that she says. But I've always been impressed with her in person. I've got to talk with her a handful of times, interviewed her before, and. She's she's really smart, so um, I, I I really enjoyed that conversation with Brandy. A um, couple other things, so we did the Pillman panel, and Mark Madden was so good at the Pillman panel. You know, he's a radio professional, so he understands how to, you know, how to handle a conversation where there's like three other people and so it's Dave, it's Kevin Sullivan, it's Brian Pillman, oh four other people and it's uh, the author of the of the Pillman Crazy Like a Fox book which is really good. It's probably the best wrestling biography um, that's been you know written in the last several years. And uh, and so Mark did a great job of just kind of going through the whole story of Brian Pillman Senior, as Brian Pillman Junior is there. But the problem is Brian Pillman Junior doesn't didn't wasn't alive really, or he was really young when his dad died, so he doesn't really have any. Um, he didn't see the stories as they happened. so everything's like sort of you know second. He gets it from from people through the book, you know, through Dave. He mentioned Scott Hall, you know, telling him about his dad, and so that was pretty interesting because you know brian is like watching these these historians talk about his dad and you know t- so, some of the stuff like mark madden was not holding back there was definitely some things such as uh flying brian doing play-by-play uh as he ha- was having sex with tammy sitch and calling <laughs> mark madden and doing the play-by-play <laughs> and um and stuff like that so you know some of that stuff i'm sure pillman jr was like Ugh. but um you know, after that, so Liam O'Rourke, uh, I, I start talking to him a little bit, and I don't think he know he doesn't know me by face. Obviously, we've never met, but I told him, yeah, you know, I do these shows with Dave, and he's like, oh, and he says my name, and so we we kind of bond over that, and uh, and then um, you know about his book and everything, and I think he follows me on Twitter, and I follow him on Twitter, so that was kind of cool because of one of those things where you know at that kind of event. I am only going to be uh, recognized by people who really, really follow the Wrestling Observer stuff closely, like really closely, right? Because I'm not on that often. So it's kind of cool to someone, you know, someone who's I respect because uh, his book is so good. Uh, and, you know, he recognized me and he's just telling me that all the stuff. And, and that happened a couple of times. There was another guy, a guy by the name of Matt Kuhn, who worked at StarCast. And he recognized me and he's like introduced himself to me. So that, that kind of stuff is fun. Like, I don't I don't see it as anything other than kind of like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like a luck thing that that someone recognized me. But that was that's kind of cool. It makes you feel good because they like, you know, what you do in the in the podcast space and stuff. Um, and I think that was that was it mostly, though. The other time I hung out with Danny Acosta is when we went to the Hieroglyphic Show on Saturday night at the or Sunday night at the Brooklyn Bowl in Vegas. So I did get to see him and hung out with my friend Carla uh, Carla Duran a couple times at Double or Nothing and at and at that show. So I had a very very long but fun and very busy weekend in Vegas, which leads me to. Talking about this double or nothing show and getting your thoughts on it because you saw the uh, you saw the televised version of it and there was an issue <laughs> with you being able to watch this show live. So what happened and why? Or not even live, but on the same day. Like what? Why? What? What happened with the situation?
1: Well, I decided to risk it and got it on the Bleacher Report live instead of my Xfinity bill, um, you know, my cable system. So. And, you know, of course, for me, like, I don't watch wrestling the kids, right? They're just too young right now. Like Hunter's one. He's not going to know anything. But, you know, but Chloe is, you know, going to be four. And I just don't want her to see that yet. She doesn't she doesn't have the ability to process what's going on right now, you know? So maybe in a couple more years, we will sit down and watch it. But um, we should watch it with me. But so, you know, I have to wait till they go to bed. And so they usually go to bed around seven thirty, eight thirty. So I you know, they're in the bed, my wife's in bed, I'm like great, I can just sit back and enjoy the show and watch it. Click, unavailable. We'll load soon or something like that. We'll be available soon. And like there's no information on the on the app online, you know, on my Apple T V. So I finally go to the website and it says it'll be available six thirty uh, nine thirty AM Eastern time tomorrow. So I cannot watch it the same night, which is kind of a bummer because I think from our group, someone said that you know you get unlimited replays, and you know when I, when I I'm you know spoiled because you know or a lot of people are spoiled who have the WWE Network, like you know it airs and it's available right away, right after it airs, right. Mm-hmm. So that was a big bummer. So I had to wait you know till Sunday night, basically again to to, to watch the show. There also a hiccup with the uh, with the pre-show. So, I just happened just to go on YouTube. I knew it was going to be available on YouTube as well, right? It's a pre-show. Yeah. And you go to the AEW YouTube page, and right away I see they're, they're testing it, right? There's some test uh, uploads. And so, now it's 4 o'clock. Click. Nothing. Refresh. Nothing. Refresh. Nothing. I'm waiting for like five to eight minutes. Nothing. I'm like, Wow they're supposed to go on air so i just happened to click back on you know bleach report live and it's airing on there clear and it looks good and had no hiccups during that uh pre-show when it came when i was watching the pre-show on on bleach report live but like i felt bad for those people who maybe are just tuning in with the youtube because it wasn't working i don't know if it you know anyone out there maybe want to honor our facebook group want to chime in and say they, they saw it on youtube and see when it finally started airing but for me it just didn't go it didn't, you know if i can, in eight minutes, nothing. So I switched over to be Bleach Report Live and then when I switched over, it's just like the first uh was it four guys were in the Battle Royal. That's mm-hmm. where I started to show at. So that was my experience with the Bleach Report Live. I think next time I probably just go with the Xfinity and do it that way just so I can watch it like right away. Unless they, they change. But when it came to like the replay and stuff, like it's clear it as can be, and there's no hiccups on it, no, and um, and it seemed to do well when that with the pre-show. I I assumed like there might be some issues with it, but it was pretty clear. No 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 hiccups. No no buffering. No nothing like that. So
0: okay. So what was your take on the overall announcing of the show? Because that's the part that I didn't get to see, which is how Excalibur and Alex Marvez and Jr. kind of worked together, and and you know what their style was and. And how they called some of this stuff because you know early on in the show there was a lot of a lot of matches where it was like move 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 and as we know that's not JR's strength necessarily but that is kind of Excalibur's strength so I was mm-hmm. kind of wondering how that thing went.
1: Yeah, you know, if you it's funny if you look at the feedback online a lot of people are really praising Excalibur and I think they're trying to do it and you know kind of knock on JR but I think Excalibur and JR really complement each other really well like JR can like set the tone with the story and, and talk about the physical aspects of what's going on. We're like, we're like Excalibur is really good at, you know, he knows all the names, the moves, he knows these current stars, their history. So he could talk about stuff like that. So I think JR is still better in the play by play role. I think Excalibur actually be really, is really good at the uh, color and he can, you know, chime in. Like, I think I was, you know, he didn't, step on JR's toes like he would get excited for a move and he'd call like a move and he has like a certain style where he calls out a big move finisher right like he does a really good job with that it's exciting Um uh, Alex Marvez he just I he's just you know definitely trying to keep up he would chime in some history pieces but like I felt like his either his audio was low or he was just not speaking you know high enough because you know, and it was kind of hard to tell which was Hugh for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, just like anything with wrestling, we talk about three-man booths are just not that good. It's better with a two-man booth. I think I think it would be best if it was just JR and Excalibur. But maybe, you know, Alex Marvez. This is his first time Big Show. I mean nervous as heck but you know, i think he'll end up being fine in that mike Tenay role on like nitro where he'd come in with some of the facts because that's what he was doing and a few times he did step on jr's toes like he was trying to get a fact in but then some action was going on and jr was trying to tell a story but um i you know i was surprised i was expecting a little rough but jr was really good he was putting over the product he's putting over the talent um he worked really hard and you know you know instead of being salty jr during the new japan stuff which i love by the way you know mm-hmm. but like yeah you know, he was calling it straight down in the middle you know he wasn't he wasn't knocking anything and and he's putting over like i said putting over the talent and and Excalibur was there to help him you know flush out some of the history with some of these guys that he just doesn't know And i thought they i thought they did really well and i look forward to their future uh future stuff, you know, coming up in in July and August. I think, I think by, by August, they'll have a really good flow going.
0: So overall, this show is getting great response, great reviews, tons of feedback. It almost feels like, you know, everybody who sort of is bothered with the WWE product today Made it a point to watch this show because I heard from so many people. And live, I can tell you, live, it's probably one of the best shows that I've been to live. But it was more like um, I thought. I thought you you kind it kind of built up, right? Like it the the uh, the battle royal was the pre show opener, but the real opener was the SCU and the uh, the the strong hearts match. Um and and so, you know, the you, you know what you're gonna get with that with that kind of match. There's gonna be lots of stuff going on and, and I, I really liked it, but it did have a feel of like, okay, I saw some really fun stuff, but I really can't wait for these last three matches, right? And and I thought it built really well, even though I would say the main event was not the best match. Cody, uh, I mean, uh, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega was not the best match. It was, uh, you know, probably Cody and and, uh, Dustin. But still, like, there was a point where I looked at my watch and I looked at the people in front of me and I was like, there's only three matches left, right? And they're like, yeah, I think so. And it was like, and we all just kind of sat up. I was like, all right. Now this show's really about to about about to go into fourth gear or whatever, and so I thought from that perspective, uh, the crowd was great. The um, you know some of the matches, you know even even the uh, Young Bucks against uh, the Lucha Bros, there was lots of moments where I was like, okay, like enough with the synchronized swimming, like you don't you guys don't need to do all of this stuff. But even though even I was very, I was very happy with that match too. But as you're watching the show. You know, because it is a long show and I'm sure five hours goes by a lot differently when you're watching at home versus when you're able to. You know, I was talking to like five or six different people at the same time almost. So what you know, how what were your thoughts about sort of the overall length and did, did it feel long? Uh, and what did you think about how the show built throughout? Um, I didn't think it, it felt long, long, actually. I remember
1: that's what people were kind of like tell me oh it's gonna be long but you know you're just gonna be in for a long night and I was like kind of worried because I was starting it late too right I didn't want to be tired when I'm watching the the last match but um nah, you know I wasn't tired at all it, it flowed really well there's a lot of a lot of good action in the undercard and and it kept me fairly interested in everything and then like I said really kicked in gear with the last three matches um but yeah I thought I thought it was fine I didn't think about the length when it's you're getting some good quality stuff. Um, I mean, I have some tech, like small issues with it that I think things will be improved on. But you know, overall, I thought it was a was a pretty good show, and I, and I was, I was I was it felt like I was worth my money. You know.
0: So if we don't have to go through all the matches, but um, kind of the highlights of the show, Adam Page wins the 21 man battle royal, and if you look at all the guys, considering the winner was going to get a title shot. Who else could have won this match? Yeah, that's that that was my when he
1: went in like yeah, he also had the joker card. Like, okay. You know, it was kind of one of those okay, i am just waiting for him to win. And they did try to do a little swerve with MJF and which I thought was, you know, was good, but uh, I was there's no there's no drama in this match at all. I just figured, you know, that Adam Page is going to win and and go on to challenge whoever for the championship. You know, coming up in August. So, um, overall, I thought the I mean, the idea was interesting. I think the execution overall wasn't that good. Like, there there's some things. There was it was built for pops, right? That was the idea of the match. Um, I you know Sean Spears comes out, and gets a great reaction, and looks like okay, maybe he's a guy I can see at the at the end with page or was whoever maybe a potential winner of this battle royal and there's only a couple guys that you felt that could win this ring right it was mostly a bunch of goofballs you know lower guys that are kind of in it and spears gets slammed by the guy with with no legs you know <laughs> great emotional story for that that guy what a great thing i mean you know that's what a inspirational story right but like maybe he should have eliminated sean spears mm-hmm. that's so why i would have mm-hmm. changed that um ace Romero big guy was able to shine in the match got a few spots you know, Everyone got their. everyone got something right for the most part you know and you know even though I'm, I'm happy that jungle boy got a big elimination I don't think it should have been ace Romero you know you don't you, you don't I don't think you have the little guy to dump out the 400 pounder
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean it got a great reaction because it's such a like a shocking thing and but really, it's like, come on, Ace, protect your shit, right? You know. And and they, they gave Jungle Boy something else. They gave Jungle Boy a lot. Like, I'm happy, you know, that you know, Joey Danello really wanted to, you know, did a lot to put him over. Dan paralyzed himself for it. And, you know, that spiking on that hurt, Piranha. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would have been nice. I know they had to pull an Audible because of the Pac situation. And, and it would have been – this is – I think this kind of bit them in the butt, like booking some of these like lower end guys in this battle royal because it kind of took away from the trauma. MJF, I thought was fantastic in it. He's such a good heel. He's going to be a superstar. He's going to be a WWE superstar in the future, in my opinion. Um, he just a uh, young kid that has a it's a, it's a lot of talent, and they're really high on him as you as you can tell by later tonight. But
0: how, how does he how does he survive in the WWE? Um space when his gift is his promos and in wwe and we'll we'll get to moxley in a second because he did he was on talk jericho today but they don't give any of these guys the freedom to do their own promos like i kind of feel like he would quickly get lost and because he doesn't have at least not yet his strength is in his wrestling it's in his talking
1: yeah yeah i don't mean, know I, no, I just think he has something i really do i think he has that potential and i think by the time he gets to wwe maybe things will be a little different when it comes to who's running the show and i can see, you know triple h really liking that kid and really doing a lot with him because uh he, he he stands out with his promos um i mean he he cut a promo late in the light that was pretty generic for the most part but i thought he was doing well with it um, I had a sec. I had an issue with how they finished that segment. I don't know if you want to jump in it right now, but uh, you know, I didn't like how they finished it with Jungle Boy coming out, um, Jimmy Havoc coming out, and basically running him off. Like, like he had all this heat for making fun of Brett and talking mm-hmm. trash to Adam Page, and Jungle Boy and Jimmy Havoc run him off
0: like, like a geek. You know, like I just think. I just think they killed uh, they, they they ran they ran him off like he was Miz. Yeah, exactly. I thought that
1: was I thought that was just bullshit, and I was enjoying the second half of his promo, especially the stuff with Brett. Like he was doing some really cool stuff with Brett and Adam Page, and it made me want to see that match, you know, in the, in the next event. And they just and here comes Jungle Boy, and here comes. Jimmy Havoc and it just just like why well, are you doing this to this guy he's getting such great heat now he's just basically hey yeah you're right he's like a miz he's a total geek cool that they see jungle boy in a in a, a certain way they give him a spot like that which is cool like again but like I just wouldn't have done that to MJF I would have done something where he got some heat leading
0: into the next event versus Adam Page I will say I still do not understand Orange Cassidy Oh
1: yeah, I I don't get it either. I think it's I think it's stupid. But you know, look, there's there's different things for different people. Um, Who's who was it? Oh, Tommy Dreamer. He got in there and I think he was taking those kicks and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Tommy Dreamer just he'll do anything for you know. He's he definitely. I mean, I don't know. He'll probably get hired by Ew. I'm pretty sure. You know, next year he'll be an agent
0: soon. But uh, Tommy Dreamer, badass Billy Gunn. They are the team captains mm-hmm. of the Keep Getting Them Checks All Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those guys yeah. are awesome. To still be just collecting paychecks from all of these companies, it's kind of crazy.
1: Billy Gunn had a great facial expression when that kid Dustin was the name Dustin, um, the kid with no legs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he did his high spot with the flip splash. Like he had like looked over at someone and kind of like oh shit like man, it's just <laughs> this is what I'm doing now right yeah. and uh, but you know overall the battle royal it was like the weakest match
0: on the show and yeah I think, I think so too.
1: Um, Luchasaurus stand out I thought you know finally a guy of size right. Um, I personally would they signed him they announced it which is great um, but I think what we do, do what do you do with Luchasaurus you keep Luchasaurus. I mean, as you keep that gimmick or you do something different with him.
0: Yeah. I don't even know him that well, but, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's an impressive guy. I I don't, I don't know exactly enough about him to even wonder what you can do, but I mean, they, it seems like they, they thought really highly of him. He was right there in the end.
1: I just think the lucasaurus gimmick is just kind of like tongue in cheek comedy, right? Where like you finally have a guy of some size that maybe can make like a monster or something with and introduce him with some vignettes or or they might just put him with the tag team with jungle boy and have like some kind of like goofy tag team with them you know i could see them doing that too
0: yeah uh what did you think of the debut in aew of the strong hearts
1: i thought well they they wrestled great which i knew they would uh the match was what i expected i would have preferred a little more grabbing a hold here and there and building to some of the action but
0: can, can you do that day. can you do that with those guys though or is the fan expectation like just these guys are going to go out and just go nuts for you know 10 minutes and not they don't, take a they break don't
1: do that all the time they don't do that all the time if you watch their matches the wrestle when they wrestle you know they don't they you know they grab holds they work on holds you know they they have and they had take their spots when it comes to the high spots but this match essentially the the wcw nitro version of the lucha match right
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: all out all out all out um i was disappointed that they didn't give any like character moments for the strong hearts like there was no like they just were just they're kind of interchangeable and they all have great personalities in their own right like Seema is very charismatic t hawk's a charismatic guy but more of like a like, like i said like i said it was like the, the last week He's a stud, man, and he should be a main event guy there in the future. And Lindeman has this really, like, totally Blanchard annoying, like, heel persona. But in this, this match is all about just give him action, give him action, give him action, main action. And there was some great action, and and you know, Scorpio Sky really stood out. SEU, you know, he's such a such a natural athlete. Uh, but I think what was lacking was the character moments and and the same thing with the 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 second pre-show match too with Sammy Guevara and Kip Saban Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things wrong with this match one off the bat Sammy Guevara as a heels turning his back to Kip Saban you never turn your heel to your opponent you don't make him look like an asshole because now it's Kip Saban what he should have done is just run after him start knocking on them and hit him instead of looking like looking like a dork with a dick in the hand right No, you don't do that you know so there's a lot of stuff like that but i think that will be flushed out i think i still like sammy Guevara a lot i think he has a big time potential he' has a, he has that he has that like slimy heel kind of persona i think that would they can get over i think when they got now that you got like the demon that are or interested anderson as agents i think i don't know how much they did in this show as much, but I think going forward with the TV and, and the future events, I think they'll be able to take a guy like Sam McVara and like correct him on sh- stuff that he's doing wrong, right? So, um, and that match was okay. It was an okay match. Was, the pre-show was pretty weak overall, but yeah, it really did kick in gear with the opener of. Uh, I mean, what do you expect? You got SEU, all guys were really good. Yeah, Strong Hearts, who are fantastic. So, I was just a little disappointed that there's no like. I think people know SEU. Right, the fans know SCU. I think, other than the fans walking in like thinking, like, man, those strong heart guys are just balls out crazy wrestlers, and they do all these great moves. Like, there was no character moments to get over their personalities, and that's what I was disappointed with that match.
0: Uh, awesome Kong was a surprise on the show. She joined the three way to make it a four way with Nyla Rose, uh, Doctor Britt Baker, and Kylie Ray. Mm-hmm. I really liked uh, the presence and and sort of the uh, I don't know I don't know what you would say this the just the aura of uh, of Doctor Britt Baker I think she has a lot of confidence and she sort of projects very well as a star uh, Kylie Ray is always going to steal the show I think because of her character um, she's really good uh, for you know for for these kind of matches and. Um yeah, I mean I I thought the 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 two smaller women and then the two larger women, I thought that was a nice contrast. Though the problem is is, you know, these these two uh the other women are supposed to kind of be monsters and and when the other two little diminutive fighters you know, kind of beat them to the punch every time, you know, mm-hmm. they, they didn't look so fantastic in this match. But, you know, I think, you know, th- th- when, when you do these these uh, multi-man and multi-women matches, sometimes that happens. And, you know, like, again, we talked about it in the beginning of the show. Wrestling is so different from when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, that stuff really doesn't matter anymore. But, uh, but yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting thing to add Awesome Kong, uh, she didn't really do a whole lot, so she didn't really add much value, except for that, like you know, that pop that that oh, you know, she's back. But uh, but yeah, I, I I would like to see uh, Britt Baker and and Kylie Ray just in a singles match.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's something that we can be building to. I think Britt Baker would be a good starting point for like a heel champion for Kylie to kind of chase. Um, or, or Awesome Kong too, that big powerhouse that has a title that's dominating like she, how she got over in TNA. I wonder how long she'll stick around because she seems not to stick around that long Yeah, in places. Um, it, was a, it was a pretty cool surprise because you know, I haven't seen her in a long time. I haven't obviously seen her on the TV show Glow. But um, seeing her get back in the ring was interesting. I think uh, you know, it was a good signing. I, like I said, I worry about the length how long she'll be around for. Um, Nyla Rose didn't really impress me that much. Um, she was definitely the weakest of the four. Um, they tried to do the big woman versus big woman stuff, and it, some stuff looked good, some stuff looked okay. Um, but, maybe, you know, I'm sure she'll get better, definitely. And maybe I didn't see her in her best performance. Uh, Kylie Ray looked really good. I liked her a lot. I thought she executed correctly well. I thought she... Hit her spots well. Um, it was interesting, though. We'll go about the pre-show. They did a segment with uh, an interview with Kylie Ray and they had the librarians come out, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, Peter Avalon and Leva Bates. and I just don't get that comedy. Um, I'm sure other people do, but I just don't. I mean, I'm, you know, I thought this was a sports presentation. I got librarians fishing each other, but whatever. But what I thought was a big mistake is like, Kylie Ray was not made up. She was like in a blue shirt, her hair was pulled back. Mm-hmm. She looked, I mean, just she didn't look like her in her best light. Like she looked better, you know, when she came out the ring. But like I think that's a mistake. They should have had her dolled up a little more for that interview. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was a nice introduction to their women's division. And they're just adding a bunch, especially with the Japanese girls.
0: I was calling Kylie Ray all weekend long, Bailey. Without the booty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, here they're gonna they're gonna build up that character, whereas in WWE they they did not build up that character when it was like hand delivered to them on a platter. Yeah, I
1: expect a big like when she defeats whomever for the title. I assume it's going to be Britt Baker. Just seems seems like a natural contrast there. Um, I, I it's not going to happen. I don't think this year, but I think. I think they're gonna build that well and it's gonna be a big moment. And it's I like, I have a feeling it's probably gonna be on a on, on live on one of their live TV episodes. I think mm-hmm. they'll do something where the women made it, and they because, you know, the women are
0: are doing some good things. So we'll cook just trying to get through some of the stuff. What you think of the all women uh the all Japanese women match? I thought it was
1: overall fine. It was uh there was a moment in that match where there was the ref blew the finish. or the, the timekeeper. The timekeeper finish, right? rang yeah, the bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The timekeeper rang the bell. Um, uh, Hikaru Shida is getting a lot of a lot of notice now, which I expected. I mean, she's gorgeous and she has a great entrance, and she looks like a superstar. Um, she definitely should be someone they feature. I thought they booked her correctly because she's not the strongest when it comes to in ring because she you know she got into wrestling late, but she has such a presence and. And, and, a, and a look that they 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 picked right, and they had her out of the ring for the most of the match, and then she had the big finish at the end. So I thought that was good. Aja Kong was there to be Aja Kong, and and uh, she did a lot more tonight. She's done recently. Um, that one girl from Stardom, oh man, the 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 Magic Girl. Mm-hmm. She's a little spiff. I like watching her. I've seen her many times in And uh, not Stardom, sorry, uh, Tokyo Pro. Uh, but she, she's gonna be something, and I, I, I like the idea. The women are gonna be like their version of the WSW Cruiser Race, right? Yeah. So I want to see how they incorporate all that, and, I, and it's gonna
0: be a lot of fun. So Cody and Dustin was to me the match of the night. We'll, we'll see what you thought. I, the thing I liked most about this match is that it told the easiest, most logical. Story that resonated with every single person. You 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 didn't even have to really know the backstory to understand this this story in the ring. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to brag because I think a lot of people sort of felt this way, but I was like calling things. I was like, well, okay, here's where here's where Dustin needs to do the power slam. Boom, does the power slam. You know, here's okay, here's where they need to go to the finish. Boom, they go to the finish. You know, here's where Cody needs to come back in and and, and shake Dustin's hand and, and you know ask him to be a partner. And it's like, you know, none of this stuff was really hard to follow, and it and and that's what I liked about it. Again, you know, it's pretty logical, so it's not like I was you know no Nostradamus here or anything. But um, you, I mean, you kind of called the whole thing. You kind of called what was probably going to happen as far as you know, sort of the reverse storytelling of 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 the of the how you normally do this. Where you know it really starts with friends, and then it turns into enemies. But here they started as enemies, and they're going to turn into friends, and they're going to have the match against the Young Bucks. But you know the blood, I thought, worked so well. Um, getting Brandy out of there, you know, they do that that cheap spot for the Heat, you know, to make it even to get the heel manager out. Uh, but yeah, I can't complain about anything about this match. I just thought it was the mo- like the perfect mix of. Really solid old school pro wrestling and emotion, and you just felt everything when this thing was done.
1: Yeah, this is my favorite match tonight. And and look, like, oh my god, what a shocker! Character develop, character moments, yep. storytelling, yep. pacing, where you can you know take every move they do in and and and, and 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 how it goes with the story and its continue. The blood was a good call. I knew there's some blood in this match the amount of blood did not expect that um i wasn't uncomfortable watching it i've seen blood blasts like that in the past but like i know some people i know like were like kind of like queasy watching it mm-hmm. but like to me it's of course they added to the drama right i mean that once that blood started happening i mean they took a whole new life right that match um, um and dustin was god he came in looking in great shape and he just looked and you know, we talked about this before, like we're big fans of Dustin, like we kinda grew up watching his oh, yeah. career, right? Oh yeah. So like 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 I mean, I really don't like pop or anything any much anymore when I watch matches, you know, but I honestly I, I kinda did a little fist pump when he hit that bulldog early on. God, that thing's so pretty, right? And um and Cody was <laughs> Cody is so good, man. <laughs> he is so good. Um he played it well, and it was just a it was a magical moment. I'm glad they had this moment. Um, and this is gonna uh, this is gonna give me a lot of heat, but I'm gonna say, you know what they, you know they had a high quality WrestleMania WWE style match, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Of storytelling, of character moments, and you know people won't point that out, right? They're not going to mention that, but they did. They, they, this is what w, they did what WWE does really well, right?
0: When it, but but they did what WWE does well when Vince McMahon thought they couldn't do it. And then they, you know, they did it 3 years later or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what am I going to say about that? Like the only thing I say is like maybe Vince the time didn't think
0: it was it was needed, you know? They and have, I, and I don't think a lot of people would have disagreed with him at that time, right? Like No. no especially in the way that both of those guys were booked. Like it, were- it, it, it was a, it would be a silly match instead of a serious match where you, you strip them from the goofy gimmicks and you sort of make them, you know, who they really are. You know, obviously Dustin has face paint, but he was way more Dustin Rhodes than he was gold dust in this match.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you know, the, the, by the time they wanted to do the match the whole Rhodes thing has died down which i thought back in back then i thought it was cut down too sh- too soon because i thought the Rhodes tag team was a great highlight of that of that year you know i think it was 2014 i believe you know so after, around that time and i thought they were great and they should have been around longer as champions but then you know shield got it and then you know and after that they kind of were just lost but um But yeah, it's just the only thing I did not like about this match is nothing to do with the match or anything. I did not like the whole sledgehammer to the to the throne. (laughs) Like it's just that was just that's just that was just some goofiness, right? But whatever. I mean, you got to do it to pop the crowd, and
0: yeah, but it's also just a receipt. Like, I mean, I, I I feel like Cody really wanted them to say something because he's got like all this she probably has all these mm-hmm. thoughts of, of how to give the receipts back and so when triple h mentions the pissant you know company and the vice presidents and all that stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cody was like all right like i, yeah, I yeah, can't wait to off. do this now it's now i get to do this and no one can call me petty for doing it but i mean it, it was per, you know you know what that was though that was totally for the live crowd yeah, but you know yeah, you know what's interesting is um yeah, because when I talked to Big Dave about this after he watched the the he watched the uh, the TV version as well, he said kind of not not exactly what you said, but he said it, he didn't think it got over very well to the TV audience. But he said to the live crowd, like they were f- crazy for it. I, I mean I I I saw it and I got it, but I, you know I, yeah. I I didn't need that necessarily. And, but and I, Jim, but Rosted,
1: I, Jim Ross didn't sell it. Either.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and but in the Excalibur, and Marvez were just. Inexperienced at how to sell that moment, yeah, didn't really come over with that. That was a weak moment on their part on that stuff. But I just thought that was kind of unnecessary. But at um, but but that didn't overshadow like what a great match that was, the match of the night, in my opinion. And, and you know, follow that up. You know, I think after that, you know, my favorite match was the main event.
0: So uh, young bucks and lucha brothers. I mean. You know, I again, I really liked the match. I, I did think there was a little bit too much uh, goofiness with the synchronized swimming stuff that I that I like to call it, where they all do the same, you know, the same moves, and and it's all in in perfect sync, uh, in perfect <laughs> sync. Um, but you know, who was really good in this match was um, Phoenix. Holy crap, that guy was doing crazy stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you know, I actually like this match a lot. Um, I other than I thought it went a little too long, you know, after a while I was kinda like, okay, I'm not, 20
0: twenty twenty five right. minutes. Right right 20, almost yeah. at twenty five minutes.
1: Yeah, give me a good fifteen to eighteen, you know. Give me that. But you know, that you know, I think they wanted to go longer because you know what? their last show, all in. Oh yeah. They oh, like, yeah like six minutes or something like that, or nine minutes, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, like, they
0: didn't get to have the match that they had wanted.
1: So they you know and you know, for this audience I mean, they had the perfect match for this audience, right? Mm-hmm. They loved it, um, and those guys are are great. I mean, I mean, they they have their gas tanks just keep going. I mean, I was blown up just watching it, because I was like, man, they just keep going. Nick Jackson, he's 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 he's, he, he, he's fun to watch, and and they, and they. This is where like when TV is going to help strengthen. Like, of course, they they told a story about you know. If you watch, like, but the road to double nothing mm-hmm. or the being elite show, they talked about the young bucks being rusty. They only wrestled twice this year. We Lucha Brothers have wrestled 45, 48 matches so far in two thousand nineteen. So they tried to get that story over about them, you know, young bucks not be on the same page. And Excalibur was doing a good job uh, talking about that. The only problem is like the video highlight real they showed it was like all goofy commie stuff mm-hmm. with them not getting so it was kind of like kind of really really worked for me but uh but in, you know in the end they just went i mean that that freaking canadian destroyer on the freaking <laughs> holy shit the highlight of the, night, the highlight of the match was um phoenix doing that springboard rope to rope hurricana right that was that was freaking awesome um uh, like i said a little bit shorter and and a little bit shorter. That I think that I would have liked it even more. And it was funny. We skipped the match. We haven't talked about the best friend.
0: Yeah, I, I skipped that one.
1: But you know what? It is skippable because <laughs> it was a nothing match. I mean, yeah, Jack Jack Evans did some crazy high spots. Yeah, he he was he's very he's like crazy he's, athletic. Yeah, he's crazy athletic and a, and a nut. And I and he had some he had some some of his character came out, but. I mean, that match is about the same as the strong hearts match, and and, and you know they you know it's just move 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 move. They they definitely could have let this off the show. They definitely could have def definitely show because you know like I said we even forgot to talk about it because it's a forgettable match.
0: Yeah, I, I if if there was one match that I didn't really care for, it was that match, and not because the match wasn't good. I think it's just. You know they they did a worse version of the opener, and I already saw the opener, so I didn't really mm-hmm. need to see that one either. Exactly,
1: um, like, like 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 the Japanese women match wasn't as strong as probably a lot of people. Were but it was different. See. But you need that match because you're introducing that division, you're introducing these Japanese women to this American audience, so it's an important match to have. And but this match here, now nah. you don't need the best friends versus uh, Jack Evans and Halepko because it just just didn't really. Like you said, you, we saw in the opener. We're also going to see a bunch of crazy shit, high spots, and the 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 A tag team match. Yep,
0: yep. And so the main event: Chris Jericho beats Kenny Omega. Twenty seven minutes. He wins with his new finisher. Uh, the they this was not the Tokyo Dome match, um, but it was. Uh, it had its own craziness. Omega going through the table. Um, Jericho is kind of jacked at this point like he was pretty big Uh, Omega looked like he was in great shape they I would say that I mean I, I don't know what kind of star rating I would give this match but the hard part is when you when you're following such a great Tokyo Dome match if you don't match that match it's kind of noticeable And, you know, there was a few clunky things like, you know, Omega hasn't wrestled all that much. Jericho hasn't wrestled that much. You know, this is kind of like in a sense, it was almost a warm up for Okada for Jericho. And um, I thought it was fun. I thought it told a good story. Obviously, the the big thing was the end when Moxley came out. But uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? I love this match. I mean, I
1: mean, I'm trying to compare it to the Tokyo Dome match. I think I loved it a little bit more. Really? Uh, Personally.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure enough. Yep sure did. Then you, there uh, must have been some really good camera angles cuz there was stuff in this match where they were a little bit uh not on the same page.
1: But I like that. It it wasn't like I just watched this choreographed Grant Secret Nice swimming the match before. Mm-hmm. and now we're getting some rough and some some edgy moments where it's it's not clean, it's not crisp and yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. that. And I liked the intensity that both men had like I like dude Omega this is what I want to see from you man broken nose I want to. why well, yeah, that was do you see that kick really <laughs> on the TV version um but like I want to see them scrap and fight yeah I felt, I felt like they hated each other on on the show and I'm watching it and 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 you know Jerry Megan the first match had kind of kind of goot goofs off a little bit a little you know bit know I mean? yeah a little bit so which kind of ticked me out of the match but like this one here like for the whole match 27 minutes he's 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 um scrapping away they're fighting um there's a even even stuff that wasn't like even like jericho like not hitting the lion salt like perfectly
0: mm-hmm.
1: on omega like just added to like the realism of the match in my opinion so i really liked that i thought you know i had about four and a half stars and you know I but you know overall it's my second favorite match of the night and and that's what made really made the pay-per-view those two matches for me it's like it made it made it work my time because it mm-hmm. felt those two matches cody and dustin omega and jericho felt like good pro wrestling yep. that i grew up and loved and so the, so i'm really happy with that match i think they should be i thought jericho i like this jericho better than new japan jericho mm-hmm. and I, I, I know we're gonna say they're same, the same but they're not because you know the makeup jericho is is cool it's different but i just kind of i just kind of liked his demeanor like yeah maybe it was the camera shots in this match because like you know it just felt like he didn't feel like jericho's playing a jerk he felt like this is a jerk right? yeah and, yep. and uh what i thought it was a perfect way to cap off the pay, the pay view and and i think it's it was a nice little teaser because there's we're gonna get more of these matches right going yep, forward. Yep. And and you know I think Omega Jericho is a good guy for Omega to chase definitely.
0: So then at the very end John Moxley comes out and the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I fully expected him to come out. I felt you know almost because. You know, Tony Khan said that you know we we have a replacement for the Pac and and, and Page match, and it's going to be better than than that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it's got to be Moxley or something of that level. So I fully expected him to come out. That crowd fully expected him to come out. I'm sure most of the people watching the pay per view fully expected him to come out. He came out. Everybody went crazy. You know, he mixed it up with both guys. He looked like he belonged. And all of a sudden. John Moxley's the hottest guy in pro wrestling right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um it was a good debut. Um timed perfectly. Moxie came out, crowds went eight for him. Um he looked wild and crazy. Um definitely feels a fire in his belly with this. So he's gonna be uh doing some really good things there, I think. And I think he's gonna be positioned as their Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? He's gonna be he just never know who he's gonna do. He's gonna attack. He's gonna say Bayface face or heel, or is he
0: gonna? You know, I think he's just there to kick everyone's ass. Yep. So quickly because we're kind of running out of time here, and, I, and we got to get to Raw. But he was on Talk is Jericho today, and he went really hard at Vince for uh, making him do promos that he didn't want to do, for not having a real idea how to bring him back after he got hurt. And he very much made the story out to be like his creative energy was zapped. His reason for wanting to be a pro wrestler was zapped. Uh, He felt like, you know, he was stilted and he couldn't do anything. And he just wanted, he was so mad and so angry at everything. And so I get all those things. Everybody knows what it feels like to not enjoy your job. But at the same time, I felt like he didn't take any responsibility for his own character because. You, I mean, you know me, like I've been like, God, this guy drives me nuts for like the last two years. Like I've been so tired of him as a pro wrestler. And so, you know, he's really m- making it about Vince and making it about WWE and Vince doesn't know anything about creative anymore and his system sucks and, and everything. And I'm just like, okay, guy, how about the first six years of your career or the first five years of your career? When, you know, you kind of are a a pretty big star, and in The Shield for those first couple years, like, you're hotter than, you know, you're hotter than most anything on that show, and yet, you know, there's no credit to Vince in that area, and there's no credit to Vince for helping make you a millionaire and for you meeting your wife. And it's just all so, so heavy, heavy anti-Vince. And I just kind of got frustrated with it, just listening to this guy. And not because I don't think he has a right to state his opinion, mostly just because there was no sort of respect for, you know, why he is now the hottest guy in the business. Like if not for WWE, you know, maybe he gets over somewhere else and because he is talented. But man, like he is not the best wrestler in the world for sure. Yeah, and if it, wasn't
1: for, if it wasn't for the WWE, he would be in the uh, double or nothing.
0: <laughs> but it, I just yeah. felt, I was just like, gosh, you know, and, 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 you know, you know I'm not the biggest defender of Vince in, in any way, but I just thought like, man, you know, if someone left, uh, someone left a company that I recruited to join my company and on the way out, they just blast their former company. I'm thinking like, mm, I'm not so sure about this guy because what happens if we don't get along and then he's going to blast me on the way out? Like, I, I don't know. I just really felt like, just felt like he was pretty disrespectful through most of the the show. And, and you know, maybe that's just him being a pro wrestler and getting over. We all know pro wrestling is different than most jobs. But yeah, it was just kind of, I, I wanted to hear uh, a little bit less of, you know, I blame everyone else except for myself and a little bit more of like, yeah, you know, I kind of probably could have done a better job at this and this and this, but man, he was just so anti WWE.
1: Yeah. It's okay to air out your frustration of like, you know, maybe the, the the most recent time there and towards the end, but like, you should also give, you know, credit due or like, Hey, the games opportunity they put me in the hottest act. Um, that gave us a very strong push early on. Um, like, yeah, I should definitely be grateful for that. And, um, hmm. You know, maybe he's just, just so bitter at the end. He just was let, I mean, he was letting everything out. And maybe, maybe if he went back, maybe after it was over, he's probably thinking, man, I probably should at least put some positive spin on
0: it.
1: <laughs> but we'll see you know, what happens at AEW when uh, he doesn't get his way. I know Cody and the Young Bucks, they preach that we're going to let the wrestlers more creative freedom. And, but there's going to be some kind of creative direction, right, still it's not going to be a free for all I'm sure that they want to tell a certain story and they want Dean Ambrose or John Loxley to do a certain thing but maybe he doesn't like it what's going to happen then is it going to be bitter is, be bitter? is be creative juice is going to be sapped you know yep. you just got to go with the flow and, and you got to make best what they want because that's you know, this, this their company and you're their talent and yep. you're there to do a job
0: yep alright let's move on let's end the show review of the 18th ever episode of Monday Night Raw. Last week we saw Marty Jannetty beat Shawn Michaels for an Intercontinental title. We saw the 123 Kid upset Razor Ramon to get his first victory in uh, in WWF. And Raw 18 starts with Lord Alfred Hayes. So we get to see Lord This is like the third show in a row with Lord Al, I think. Um cool. Lord's he... job is to man the door. <laughs> um, you know, so supposedly Doink is in the ring, and at the same time, Lord Al is out, and Doink is with Lord Al, and Lord Al gets uh, the illusion with, with the two Doinks, and they made sure to film it in the evening so that it looked like uh, it was it could have happened uh, live, and uh, and, the, and the show starts with Doink versus Mister Perfect. And, um, the first, before we even get into that match, I was thinking like Doink is such a unique character and, you know, he stuck around for WWE for a couple years, but if you, if you had, if you were booking Doink, do you book him as a main event talent or he is, is he just, he, just because of who his character is, he kind of just has to stay in the mid card all the time. Can, can he be, could he be in that gimmick, like a, a main event heel?
1: I don't know, man. He was doing pretty good in '93. Like he seemed that he was having some good momentum, especially heel Doink right early on. Um, I think he could have headlined with Bret Hart. You know, I think it would have been a it would been interesting because a lot of people are like a wrestling clown. But like you really going back watching these these old shows, you really get appreciate of the character. When I was a kid, yes, I was kind of embarrassed about the character like, <laughs> wrestling clown. You know, you know, put him right next to Paul Bear, and my dad would walk in and see a wrestling clown. They're like, "Oh, <laughs>
0: what
1: are you watching this crap for?" Yeah, but like Matt Born as Doink, heel Doink, he was fantastic. You know, it's unfortunate his demons caught up with him, and and he was fired eventually. But like, what could have been if he had his head on straight? You know, I think, yeah, I think they would have went a lot longer and harder with him as a as a top heel.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's such an interesting character. They, I feel like they go to the tricks and the hijinks a little bit too early, though. Like, I think, you know, it's it's really early in his run where they do the, the uh, double doink, the illusion of doink. And so they kind of have to keep doing this thing. And I was, I was thinking like there are so many different things you could do with him as the evil clown. And then once the evil clown thing starts getting a little tired, then you bring in the illusion, and and you you can you can get a little bit more out of it. But uh, we know what
1: happened was was they did they did the illusion thing at WrestleMania nine. Yeah, it got us so big that they they went to it a lot. You know, which 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 always happens. WrestleMania yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hits. They got to just do it to to death.
0: So this match is basically Mr. Perfect selling for like 10 minutes. I I don't actually know how long the match is, but Perfect is selling, 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 selling. And then the two doinks come into play and Perfect quickly hits a a sweet Perfect Plex on the second doink and uh, the funny thing is, is like Heenan keeps saying it's an illusion, it's an illusion. There's not really two people. It's an illusion. And then, and then he immediately hits the perfect plex He's like, "That's the wrong doing. keep pin the wrong." Door. I was dying. I was yeah, dying Bobby. laughing.
1: It was great. I love this match, by the way. I think this match was cool. It was hard hitting. It was just like the Jericho and Omega match. Like it was rough. Like it wasn't clean and like synchronized swimming, like you called the Lucha mm-hmm. Bros. Youngbloods match. Like, it just, it just, like, felt like a fight, and Matt Bourne was great, like, when, you know, Perfect's working on the working on the knee, and, like, he's, like, kicking his leg in the corner, and finally, you know, Perfect Gears back to come back and begin that big, stiff kick, boom, right? And then, Doink is, like, selling his leg as he continues to try to offense, he's falling to his butt after he kicks him, you know, to sell that, you know, register the pain on his leg, and his leg's weak, and, and, um. It just, it just it's just is just really good i love the finish with the, the second doink which i believe was steve kerrn looked mm-hmm. like him and um i thought that was a sweet finish and it protects doink cuz we all know the second doink was pinned so that was that was cool and and perfect goes on to the king of the ring so yeah i i was like i was like actually really really engaged in this match i was like i just just was like really into it because it just you know i miss these kind of scraps man i'm tired of the synchronized swimming shit like give me some good brawling some good wrestling
0: Yep. so crush comes in for the save because the two doinks are very mad and crush clears the ring and uh, we go to mean gene and his king of the ring report because the entire first round of the King of the Ring, though the King of the Ring is still like three weeks away, but they have the whole first round ready. It's Brett against Razor, Hacksaw against Bam Bam, Tatanka against Lex, and Mr. Perfect against Mr. Hughes. And we finally get a Hogan promo. I will not say that this made me fired up for the match in any way. It was Hogan kind of, you know, doing a normal Hogan promo, but nothing special. The thing that is very clear is he is thin. He is like lost, maybe from WrestleMania, like 15 pounds. Well, he's he's starting to do more Hollywood gigs, right? Yeah, he. uh, I think he's... So, Mr. Nanny is about to come out like right around this time. Maybe maybe in the next week or so. But um, I think he's actually filming another movie uh, at this point that, which is why he's been gone. So yeah, suburban so, commando or something. Yeah, I mean maybe no. That would have been suburban commando. Would have been ninety one. So whatever uh, comes after Mister Nanny, I'm not exactly sure what. I don't remember because like in Hollywood, like you can't be
1: massive, right? Like it just doesn't. Except for the shit, rock. Certain, well, yeah, but he also would, you know, slim down something. Well, you know, he got a little skinny a couple times. Not that skinny, but yeah. you know what I mean smaller for the roles yeah so you know Hogan is slimming down and yeah I know he could tell like he he's proud of his definition of his arms though mm-hmm. yeah showed off that tricep yeah 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 this is a very like generic Hulk Hogan promo um I felt like he talked about himself more than Yokozuna
0: and like why wow, Jimmy Hart is not needed in this no. thing like because wow. Hogan's gonna talk and you know you don't need Jimmy who's really good at talking so and Hogan had to keep reminding us that he's a five-time world champion. <laughs> <laughs> so the next match, which I really liked because Money Inc. is such a great tag team, is uh, versus Mike Bell and Basil Devito. Um, before... That's what uh, that's what Bobby called him. What was his name? Tony Devito. Oh, oh! Why did I call him? Why because did he call Bobby him Basil?
1: Says, you know, with a name like Devito, you're lucky. Your name's thank God. Your name's not. The first name not Basil or something like that, oh. which I don't get the reference
0: though. I don't, I don't get it either. Yeah, I thought, I it. swear to God, I thought the Fink—that's what the Fink called them. Um, so before the match starts, they bring a kid in to shine their boots <laughs> for a hundred bucks, and Ted is about to give the kid a hundred bucks, and IRS goes nope. You, you, gotta, you gotta remember about taxes and he takes 70% from the kid's 30 bucks and this kid wasn't like smartened up in any way because Vince is screaming like at the top of his lungs that this poor kid got ripped off by these bad guys and the kid is just looking at both of them kind of embarrassed like uh, am I supposed to leave the ring I'm not sure what do I do and uh, as Vince is screaming at the top of his lungs um and so but my favorite part of that was like now as a,
1: a, a 41 year old man in the workforce right thinking like yep that's still a good, good payoff kid. well it's that's still a like, good
0: payoff too
1: now i was thinking like <laughs> yep learn that lesson kid you know like we are gonna go through Dude, yeah
0: give me 30 bucks for shining boots for like 30 seconds that's that's a that's a good as payoff. bobby
1: he said hey man it's only it's just that no, at first it was 25 dollars uh it's only $25 a shoe, right? <laughs> but then the price
0: dropped. Price dropped. So uh IRS hits a pretty sweet like flying clothesline slash Lariat to to win the match. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It, like,
1: Rotunda, I, Rotunda's always you I mean he always hit
0: that it, I, I just I just like that, you know, we don't necessarily have the same moves for the pinfalls or the finishes with with this team, like they've they've you know, as we watch them on Raw, there's been a couple of different ways that they've actually won matches. So
1: yeah, it's a, it's the million dollar dream one time, or mm-hmm. was the flying clothesline from from or the stock, mar, stock, stock market crash, right? No, that was like that's what was that with uh, his Michael Wall Street character? But he used to do the Smoan drop. I think he cut it out because because Tatanka uh, does a and drop now. Yeah, so now he, he went back to the flying clothesline, which he always hit beautifully, and also that damn god he had the best double arm suplex Mm -hmm. the execution on that was just perfect
0: and then um, Money Inc and the Head Shrinkers versus the Smoking Guns and the Steiners at King of the Ring the Smoking Guns take the place of the Nasty Boys who uh, there's something up with them, they got suspended or something's, something's going on with them so that's why they're gone uh, the next match was Crush using his uh his I think you I think you, you already mentioned how you thought this was a silly finisher. The head squeeze uh beats uh Bobby Who in mm-hmm. uh in, in the next match.
1: Yeah, don't know who Bobby Who is and I don't think we need to really know who he is. <laughs> but God man, the watching these crush matches you just realize he's not that good. No, not <laughs> at all. And no personality,
0: a... real personality either. Like yeah.
1: I think like I said, the only time I really enjoyed him was when he was Demolition Crush. Yeah. But he was hidden intact. He'd come in and he'd look he'd do like a couple of things he did really well and and like and now he's like way too big, obviously, right? And so he does that like jumping spin kick to your ankle. Like he just can't get up for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 yeah, no character. Um I'm trying to remember if I even like prison crush. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like he just never like he was always like he looked impressive, but then, but then like once the bell rang, it was like oh man, hurry up.
0: So uh, Razor Ramon comes out for an interview, and he is trying to get the one two three kid back in the ring. He's bringing in money. He's offering the kid twenty five hundred dollars to get back in the ring because he embarrassed Razor so badly. And my favorite part of this interview is he calls the one two three kid. He calls him. Stick May. Stick me. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. I laughed so hard when he said it. And a little cockroach. <laughs> um, so Bobby's uh, doing the thing with the TV where he's watching the TV in the match of uh, Adam Baum and Phil Apollo. And Johnny Polo shows up in the TV. Or maybe Polo shows up before the match starts. But Polo like introduces Adam Baum, who... Uh, when I was younger, I actually did like him a lot. I thought he was such a cool character. But watching him now, I could definitely see the corniness of of Adam Bomb.
1: Yeah, I liked him too, though. I was I'm with you. Man. I mean, I thought he looked cool and he had like really good agility. I think the glasses, yeah, was a no no. Like it just looked silly. Him coming out with those big old like nuclear. As well. He had a sweet power bomb though, sweet power bomb. He like the thunder fire bomb with it over his shoulder. It was really cool. And that clothesline on the top rope, you know, for his size, man, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, we also we failed to mention about I, I really like Bret Hart's involvement in the promo with uh, Razor Ramon. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I forgot about that.
1: His little egging on the one two three chance and you know building up like you better show up and do your homework if you want to fit, you know get yeah. by him at King of the Ring. King of the Ring, I thought that was cool. I yeah, think, yeah,
0: yeah. No, that was it, good. Uh, I, I like, totally forgot about that part. Like you know, Brett always
1: had that cool factor, but it kind of like that. yeah, like that, that had that top baby face like act right there, going mm-hmm. you know coming out and pissing off Razor even more, and uh, so I thought that I thought that was really cool.
0: And then uh, the main event segment was actually an interview with Bam Bam Bigelow because he's facing Marty Jannetty on the next show for the Intercontinental Championship. So... They kind of ended it differently, and you know that's kind of what I like about this show is there's no real pattern. It, you know the beginning is different sometimes, the end segment is different sometimes. Sometimes they make it feel like you know you're they're running out of time because they got so much stuff going on that it makes it feel like like an important show. I wouldn't say this was you know after last week's show which was awesome. This wasn't necessarily anything special, but it was still fun and it was still uh, you know they're they're in build mode. They're in they're they're building up. This brand new pay per view that they have, uh, in, you know, in in June. So you know, usually you'd go from, you know, Mania to to SummerSlam, but now they have a June show, which is kind of a little bit of a buffer between then and SummerSlam. So yeah, I, I, I mean, it's totally easy one hour watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, like like these have been all been fun, easy one hour watches, and and I like the um, I like the ending segment of Bam Bam's interview. I thought that was unique and different and. And got me excited to watch the next show, and to see Marty Jannetty defend that title against against Bam Bam. And I'm pretty sure if I can go back in time as a kid, and watch this show, I probably thought like, "Man, I hope Bam Bam wins in I'm <laughs> such a Such a big fan of that guy, and and uh, but unfortunately, he never had any, he never had any gold in WWF, which yeah, which is okay because that's what made wrestling so cool back then. Not everyone had to have a title. Now everyone in the, everyone in the company gets a chance to have their their moment with the title and it's like you know it, it's okay if a guy never won anything you know? it's
0: 24 7 belt if i was in wrestling i would run far away from the 24 7 belt i don't oh, want t- i don't want to touch that thing no no you're 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 in
1: i mean bobby Roode running around like
0: <laughs> it's just like oh my god um so just a couple of observer tidbits from this week of uh, of raw 18 so Hogan is is at the house shows, and the expected uh, the expected turnout was supposed to be a lot bigger than it was. And Dave writes, this was the weekend of Hulk Hogan's return to house shows, and the results have to be classified as slightly disappointing. Hogan worked on a Friday night in Pittsburgh and did a double shot of Philly and the Meadowlands on Saturday, all in tag team matches with Brutus Beefcake against Money, Inc. Reports we, re- re- we received were that the matches were terrible, With the obvious heel DQ ending in Pittsburgh, a crowd of 6,600 paid or about 2,000 less than the March house show in the same building. In Philadelphia, Hogan's return drew 8415, which was about 300 fewer fans than the March house show at the Spectrum, although the gate was significantly down because the card had the kids $3 off all tickets pricing gimmick. Meadowlands was the lone success drawing 18,000 and 180,000 gate or roughly the same as the much more heavily publicized headlock on hunger card drew in Madison Square Garden in late January. They announced in Philly in July that Hogan and Yokozuna would headline. So um, our, our dear friend Typhoon, I think they took him off the road. No, thank goodness. <laughs> he was the, he I mean, was the anchor for Raw. He, he was he, he was helping that show out, man. He would come in no, and fill in. No disrespect, but come on now, Typhoon. <laughs> you
1: had a good run. You had a good run. Tag titles. You know you are there for a long time, but gosh, man, I don't want to see another Typhoon match on on Raw.
0: So Dell Wilkes, who we we all remember as the Patriot. Mm-hmm. Got a tryout at uh, the RAW. I think it was the week before. Under the name Del Rios, doing mm-hmm. a magician mime gimmick. Can you no, that's imagine? A different, guy. different guy. Oh really? So Dave got it wrong. No,
1: no, that's the. Uh, I believe that's um, the guy from uh, USWA in Memphis. He was a magician, and he was built looks looks like him looks oh, okay. like del Wilkes, but yeah no so he's, i'll probably remember see the character i see cr- ever seen that ever seen the character El phantasma or something like that or yeah, yeah yeah yeah. tasmo you would see it on look it up wf magician and you see him and, and that, that's who it was dave got it wrong i mean i could be wrong too i'm pretty sure if it was a magician gimmick it's it's del rios is the real name of that guy i believe that did the uh the magic gimmick in uswa
0: So some of the things that people have to look forward to as we talk about this stuff throughout the rest of summer. Um, Vince is about to resign as president of Titan Sports because of all the uh, legal stuff that he's Mm -hmm. that he's about to go through. Um, Mike Shaw, who we who we saw a couple of weeks back, is going to return at some point as Bastion Booger. Yeah, poor Mike Shaw. And uh, what's funny is is that he was doing shows in, in the old gimmick. Uh, he was doing house shows against Owen Hart, which is like historically like that feud that they both had back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, But, yeah, it didn't work. He's going to come back as the Bastion Booger.
1: I wonder what Vince saw in Mike Shaw, like approve that signing at least, you know. like What did Jim Ross sell him? <laughs> or, if it Jim, or if it was Jim Ross that, that was the one that, you know, you know, try to get him signed originally. I, I just I just don't see like him being a guy that Vince would want on this roster. But then again, like McFoley wasn't a guy that Vince wanted on this roster either. Yeah. But, you know, McFoey worked out though. So Yep. I don't know, I, just, I like I like Mike Shaw and you know, I I think you know I liked actually like the Norman character. I thought it was a fun gimmick. But just like in the land of WWE it just didn't, just didn't work.
0: Alright, I think we are done with this week's episode. Uh, Like I said, at the top of this show, Duan and I are scheduled to be back on Friday to talk about the upcoming boxing stuff for the weekend and to review the new documentary I Am Duran. But uh, but yeah, so John and I will be back. Uh, I think we are going to hang out this weekend and watch some stuff, so we'll probably have... A little bit of that for next weekend. So for John, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.